Uh, I'll just hit record. Oh, I don't remember it being amazing. I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, I think I tried um, listening to some of it, but I just couldn't. I couldn't really keep up listening to no, it. No, that that was kind of the same for me. And then I remember, I mean, you had said that the movie is pretty different than than the actual story, that's, right? That's what I heard because I never finished I the. I I read probably more than I listened to, and I I didn't get very far. I think I got to where uh, the Green Knight comes in, and then um, I think they fought, and then I stopped there. Well, there's there's remember. several different versions. Uh, I had the Tolkien across town. Oh, I found it in McKay's or something. He did a translation of it. Tolkien did. That's cool. I yeah. think that's the one I listened to. Yeah. So I don't know. I love the movie, though. I know people got upset about it for some reason, but I thought it was great. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Did people get upset about it? Well, I don't think Peugeot liked it. He didn't do a very good review. Not. And then I think... How about that? Um, I think Grail Country, the guys on there, talk, Nate Heil, and I think someone else talked about it a little bit, and I don't think they were super thrilled with the movie either. Wasn't I think it just because of the end, though? Right? Oh, I love I don't the know. end. Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, so Christian. The well, no. Cause did you watch the after credits part, Mitch? I didn't know it was uh, there. <laughs> where somebody else picks up the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's was, not the end. The that's end what I thought too. Yeah, yeah. And Peugeot, because Peugeot's complaint was, I think, the 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 after credits part, or he said at the end, you know, it was the whole. He was saying it was the whole feminist thing um, that they wanted to throw in there. And then I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, I don't remember that scene at all. And I watched the movie probably like three times before I watched through the end credits. And then I finally saw it and I was like, oh, and I was just like that. Yeah, it was it was we, weird. We don't know what her story is going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we don't know the whole thing seemed kind of it was kind of a weird. Not unnecessary, it felt like it wasn't really related to the story at all. That's why it's after the credits. Yep, 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 yep. I liked the end though too. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, so we're here again. I don't know if anyone else might join. I sent out the link to everybody. Did you ever hear basically. from Craig? No, he said he would. He said he was thinking about joining, but uh, I don't. I didn't hear anything back. Craig is the number one guy that everyone wants to crash their party. I know. He just yeah. asks such good questions. Really and does. I feel like he does a really good job at oh. like wrapping it up and then bringing it back to the chapter and then you know pointing the conversation in a good direction. He does that well. You do that well as well. Me? As well. Yes, yes. I try. Know. I try. Um, but before we get into this fantastic chapter 6, um will you please explain to us why bubbles are round? <laughs> Because this is related to why planets are round, right? Why they're not square. I assumed so. Mitch, did he <laughs> talk to you about this? He mentioned that you had given him a satisfactory explanation. I, for it. I thought it was satisfactory. It, it was, was at least it was at least an explanation. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason why bubbles are round is because <laughs> of the surface tension of the actual bubble, right? Like the soapy water mix. There are molecular forces pulling it together. And so a sphere is the shape that both maximizes the area or the volume inside of it while minimizing the surface area. So, for example, you could have a, a cube and a sphere and a pyramid with all the same volume, 
except the sphere will have the smallest surface area. And so because the molecules are trying to pull together in the most compact form, it'll naturally go to the tightest area that they can while still holding the same amount of volume of air, a sphere. And I had assumed that gravity kind of worked the same way where things would naturally just take the most compact form as they can, a sphere. Ooh. Makes sense to me. It There's... sounds good. It sounds really good. And that's the thing. There's a spectrum of answers that John could have given that, you know, I would have had reason to, to doubt or not. <laughs> like he could have said, you know, they're brown because, you know, aliens made them that way. And I'd be like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And he goes a little bit further towards the answer he gave. It may be the best answer. I don't know. But, awesome. uh, it might be. Sounds I'm like glad a good you one found that satisfactory. It, it definitely went past the spectrum of whether or not I could tell if it was a believable answer. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that's my genuine. That'd be my genuine guess if I was on Jeopardy. That would be a crazy Jeopardy answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that right. was like just the category, and then the answer was why? Why are bubbles round? Yeah, I mean, that'd be an essay to write out on the little, what is? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why bubbles are around. I know that's why bubbles are around. I don't know if that's why planets are around. Um, it's, not, it's fractal. So yeah, we'll just go with it. It's a fractal yeah. pattern. We'll just say it's a fractal pattern going up to <laughs> yeah, the cosmos. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it yeah. starts with bubbles, though. It starts at the smallest yeah. microcosm. Yeah. Of course. All right. Um, Mitch, you finished it. Did you like it? Yeah, I I did like it. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of when I was a youngster and I was making up games in my head and I wasn't too concerned with why I moved on to the next thing. I just moved on to the next thing. Mm. It's like, okay, and then this is going to happen and that this would be amazing if this happened. And so it's like a great game of pretend. But uh, I feel like you said in your text earlier, John, that the, every line you could kind of dissect for days. Yeah, I think I had said something like, I mean, I had highlighted that entire section in chapter six that Jason had shared, but he uses language in a way where you feel like you you deeply understand what he's talking about. Like you can kind of feel it. and But also, if you try to think about it at all, it makes no no sense at all um something like you know the earth is pulling me into its bosom and i just kind of want to kiss it i don't really know what that means but i felt that before you know it's a lucid dream perhaps you try to try to control it you you snap at it and i I, that's great writing i agree maybe it's you don't get a very strong sense of cohesion with it all with the overall story yeah it's just like and then this thing happened and then this thing happened and sometimes i forget how he even transferred from one place to the next or from yeah one then when you interaction to the next go back and start over at the beginning you're like wait all this happened here <laughs> it's just like a a wandering yeah it's just like a wandering through fairyland but it feels you very very it, right john i did yeah okay just making sure yeah it feels very related to especially the part we're going to go through but the whole thing feels related to uh percival uh sir percival is that how you say it percival percival i thought it was percival sir Sir percival it feels very like our 
Well, I don't know. He ties in so many different things, but there's like Arthurian elements to it as well. And the whole, I don't know. It feels, it, it feels kind of like the Green Knight movie. Like we were talking about to me too. The, the, the book does sort of um, in a lot of ways, maybe not completely, but I don't know. But yeah, it's got a weird, the whole thing's kind of strange because then he's got that weird story in the middle. I can't wait to get to that part. So Cosmo and the magic mirror. That's good. I think we already tried that. Actually, we did a, a, an episode on magic mirrors where we tried to talk about it. But how do you guys want to start this? How do you want to go through wanna it? Just, just do a, like a high level overview of what happens in chapter six. And then we can get into more detail. All right. One of you guys can do that if you want. Um, but let me can I read this first. The, yeah. the beginning part says, Ah, let a man beware when his wishes fulfilled rain down upon him and his happiness is unbounded. Thy red lips like worms travel over my cheek. What's that nice song? Uh, uh, he says, It flooded when I prayed for rain. That's always the thing. It flooded when I prayed for rain. I don't mm. know. I, mm. Lord, please send rain. And then it's oh. ah, <laughs> this unbounded happiness. That, that is a gross image with the lips like words. I it love that part. I don't know why. Like that traveling that line, over your cheek. That line is just, it's like a haunting, weird little phrase. And it's just, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that before you go into it? Just that line. I don't know. Mitch, what do you got? Well, that's what I have in mind when I read this is the that con that paradigm of it flooding when you pray for rain. It's uh some things will never change. I, I think about that when I pray for rain. So before be careful what you wish for, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who wants to give an overview? John does. Sure. He's pretty good at that. Oh, oh man, we'll see. All right, so we begin in the previous chapter. He found the lady in the alabaster, right? And he sings this wonderful song to her. And she wakes up and sprints out of the beautiful cave that he was in. And he goes out to chase her. Um, and then he quickly loses his focus. And he begins looking and thinking about other things. Particularly... Uh, when he hears a horse coming up behind him and this guy is not given a name right he's just a knight yeah i think that's no right. name yeah no name um and he looks like he's been beaten in combat um in a couple of ways so he's got the white plume on his helmet was discolored and drooping um even his horse is kind of walking with his head hanging. And so it's apparent that uh, he wasn't just beaten in combat, but he was beaten on an emotional level. He's kind of given up. Um, his spirit has fallen. And then he warns um, our protagonist about um, the maiden of the alder tree. And they have an interchange. And then... Um, our protagonist walks away thinking, you know, now that I've been warned several times, 
I'm definitely on my guard and I'll be fine. So he continues into the woods and then he's looking around and then he thinks, oh, I called her out of this alabaster tomb with a song. So I'll, I'll bring her back through the same way. He sings her a song and then she appears. <laughs> I'm not sure of the tune here. I was going to leave that one for Jason, actually. The singing? Are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I must. <laughs> you must. You must. <laughs> no. The lyrics are right here, man. The lyrics are right here. Not yeah, sound, the echo yeah. you need. Yeah. Vibrates all around with a blind delight until it breaks on the oh, these would be, I don't like Screamo, but I feel like these would be great Screamo lyrics. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> We're singing it really deep. Every tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There Something like that, uh, like the Hobbit song out of the Hobbit. You know that first one, the Misty Mountain song? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Some, something kind of like that. That's what okay. I'm sure here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. So then he finds his white lady. Um, and she, if I recall correctly, he begins to question a few things about her. Like there's a few off-putting things about their first interaction. And she said, oh, come back with me to my place. Um, and so he does. And they walk to a cave and she says, go in before me, I'll follow. Um, and then he did. And he lays down and she tells him a story. And then I'm trying to remember what is at the end of chapter six versus chapter seven. It was, I think he awakes, right? And the ash tree is standing there. And the, and he realizes that he's been trapped by the maid of the alder tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he wakes and like she's ripping out her hair or something crazy, right? It yes. sounds horrifying. Yeah, uh, and the ash tree is there as well. Yeah, and then uh, uh, is it the same night? Is that the one then that saves him here? Yes, hacks, I believe hacks so. The ash tree. I think it's the same one. Yes, and he hacks the hash, hacks the ash tree, and scares it away or something like that. Yeah, she's pulling out her hair. That's right. All right. So that's the that's the overview of chapter six. Do you guys got any thoughts? Yeah, you want to back up to the beginning of the chapter and kind of go a little bit more in detail? Yeah, that sounds Whatever great jumped me. out to you guys. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. Well, he mentioned uh, this guy. I don't know, the whole thing's just fascinating to me. Uh, Let's see. The rays of the setting sun and writing as it were and writing as it were down the stream towards me. I'm trying to think. Oh, no, that's right before it. So it's like the, the sun is setting and then it says overflowed with a ruddy splendor to the open place where I was. So there's like a, a like a reddish hue already to the sunset. And then there's this horseman in red armor, mm. like fiery comes, yeah. comes trotting along in the red sunset. So everything's kind of like red here, it seems like. And then it reminds him of the story of Sir Parcival or Parcival in his rusty armor. Um is there a difference between rusty armor and red armor? No, I think it's kind of the same. It's just like gives off that reddish, 
like rusty as a color sort of thing. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. I didn't know if there was any implications of it being rusty, like as an aged or weathered. Uh, could be too, because I think it was supposed to be kind of tarnished, tarnished or whatever. Like it was. There was something where, like, what is it? He says, "Yeah, he's after." I was really curious about this part. Um, and this kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but the he talks about his armor and he says, "For see my armor, I put it off, and as it befell to him, so it has befallen to me. I that was proud and am humble now." Um, let me see. Wait. Oh, here. Yet, yet is it? Yet is she terribly beautiful? Beware. Then this part. Never, he added, raising his hand. Shall this armor be furbished? But by the blows of nightly encounter, until the last speck has disappeared from every spot, or the battle axe and sword of evil doers or noble foes might fall, when I shall again lift my head and say to my squire, "Do thy duty once more and make this armor shine." Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't even know what to make of that. It's just kind of fascinating. You know, that he, he just makes a flat out statement like this armor won't shine until I, I don't know what to I'm, I'm not sure if he's just if it's just fun play he's kind of getting out with his writing like this. I'm not going to quit till the acts of evildoers is done or if he's actually saying like this is what this armor is made for this this rusty or this red armor. Well, this reminded me of the end, you know, when he was traveling with that, that one night and he said, talked about how he would repair his armor and like clean it and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not the same guy. Don't... I don't think so. Is that guy even in different armor too? Because that's what I was wondering. Cause the story he reads before this, when he's reading about Sir Percival, it's like Sir, Sir Percival has red armor on and Sir Galahad, I think has silver. Yes. Or something like that. So, so this like, is supposed to be personal? No, I don't think so. I think it just reminds him of him because the guy's wearing the same like red I kind mean, of armor. He bring he brings up personal too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does in the beginning, yeah. It's weird. I think I mean I think it is supposed to be him in like gosh. Like in his own story. Does that make sense? Like it's not Sir Percival Sir Percival like the spirit of Sir Percival yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah embodied in another man kind of like john the baptist in or sorry elijah in the john the baptist or something like that it's kind of what i i think because even he uh, says sorry go ahead actually no i was just saying like he even says like uh hast thou ever read the story of sir percival in the he shuddered here that is our meringue maiden of the alder tree and it's like if you listen to the story of sir percival he doesn't encounter an alder tree like he encounters a maiden that like he ends up like falling and you know stumbling over and stuff this beautiful maiden but it's not like an alder tree so it's like this weird it's like the same spirit is in the alder tree that's in the maiden and the supercival story or something it's like whatever that is sorry what were you saying mitch what were you gonna say before i interrupted you oh no you didn't i just the opposite um Oh no, it just reminded me of Zechariah that did where Joshua gets the he has the filthy clothes and then he they're replaced with clean clothes. Like the the bronze armor with the silver armor or something? No, it says like uh he has 
Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes and he stood before the angel. The angel said to him, to those who are standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. And he said to Joshua, see, I've taken away your sin and we'll put on fine garments on you. Uh, and so the squire, the angelic squire will make his armor shine, you know, in the end. And until then, he's he's got to press forth in his, this skunky armor and, and do the best he can. Yeah, I like that. Mm, that's cool. That's good. But, uh, I knew he was, I knew this guy was prideful from the moment he showed up, man, because it said he had a morning star on his wrist. Like, mm -hmm. Is that, tell. does that always I, allude to that? I, I, sometimes it's in a good context, right? Scripturally? Yeah, well, because like it means, as far as I know, it means like Lucifer, right? Lucifer is the day star, the morning star. But then right. in Revelation, Jesus says, to those who overcome, I will give them the morning star. So, they it's the reason it's the reason to boast maybe and he has no reason to boast but he's got this on his wrist and and now oh, it's that's like good. A, now it's like something it's like a badge of shame you know does yours have the morning star in like a different font it's in italicized. italics yeah so yeah what's going on here? mine's like what a, is a morning star is it like a piece of jewelry or type of gem or something i don't know but i think i like what you said about it though it's like a reason to boast or something it's like a badge of honor or something like that Oh, it's, it was intended to be, but then when he proved himself unworthy, it's just like a, a badge of shame. Yeah. Like, I was still going to wear this thing where I was supposed to be so great. Kind of like, what would Jesus do, bracelet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot, though. It glittered and glowed with its silver and bronze. Yeah. It's just weird, too. Like, I, I don't understand. Uh, I assume he's... Gosh, it's weird, because I feel like even when George MacDonald isn't intentional, he's still spot on, because he's writing from, like, intuition or something. So it's like, even when he's not intent not being really intentional with his writing, it's like he's he's writing from a place of, like, the subconscious or intuition, or, like, this pure imagination where it's like the right thing and he says silver and bronze and it's like those colors mean something because he could have wrote gold you know and it's like but there's like a silver is like you know they're it's like the lesser gold you know it's like the because the sun is gold and the moon is silver basically so it's kind of like the the reflection of glory like the mirror of glory or something like that and then bronze is like just kind of like fire and same thing kind of like it's related to the red too i think the whole red ready thing going on here but that's why i don't know because it's interesting that the morning star glowed with its silver and bronze i don't know i mean that might might be relative to the rest of him i'd imagine that silver is really shiny compared to rust oh yeah yeah that's good yeah just i don't know it's interesting do you guys have anything else highlighted here? Or? Um, so he says, um, let the same evil in his kind overtake the singer that has befallen the night. So does that mean the maiden of the alder tree was a singer? One that was singing? Where, wait, what was this in? It's in... The That's first the little paragraph, paragraph yeah, yeah. Of the 
41. I'm ashamed, he said. That, that, that. Okay, to appear at night in such the same move will overtake the singer that has befallen the night. Oh, I don't know. I gotta so be bad, honest, Mitch, I didn't know either. I'm the bad gal is, is a singer. But the but she does she doesn't really sing in this sequence, does she? Like she tells him stories, but she doesn't do any singing. But it made me think again of the end with that oh. woman that sung him out of the tower. Oh. But obviously she was a good gal. It reminds this this reminded me when I was reading through of just a siren. I don't know why. That makes sense. But yeah. I don't know. But he's very it nothing else in the story really alludes to that idea. But I don't know why that so why I don't I don't know why that would make me think of that. So I mean it's not like she's singing to him. He hasn't encountered any sirens. So I don't know. But you said there was a, a lady at the end that sang Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Thus the, thus the same evil, maybe it's a punctuation thing, in his kind. So he's talking about, lest the same evil overtake the singer. So is he referring to the main character as the singer? Because he's saying... The, oh, I see what you're saying. Because he's just oh. singing around in the forest, singing the marble lady out. That would probably make more sense, yeah. That would yeah, make that, that, that makes more sense. With an extra comma after singer, that would make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, okay. On, I George. think I think you're correct. We were warned by C.S. Lewis, though. That was a bad reading. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, for him. <laughs> yeah, I like just... how um, confident he. Well. Confidence may be overstating a bit. He says he's fully resolved that he will not be ensnared by any beauty, however beautiful. And he says, doubtless, some one man may escape, and I shall be mm. here. It's like, mm. some guy's got to escape. Why can't I be me? It's like the lottery <laughs> player, you know? Somebody's got to win this thing. <laughs> I mean, almost like, what else could he have done? I mean, he's going through the forest anyway. He's been told to beware. Okay, I'm not going to be ensnared. Yeah. Like you, if you don't believe that you are not going to be ensnared, you're definitely going to be ensnared. So you might as well like have a little gumption, or maybe it was just the same kind of pride that the knight had. I don't know. He does start caterwauling to like, you know, call his marble lady back. Not being very, that's, a, that's a little careless. Well, he yeah. moves. I had that highlighted because within like the span of three sentences, he goes from being so sure that he is well on his guard to just thinking about the forest again. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, what? what is a... What's the best way to fall into a trap than to think that you're doing a good job at not falling into a trap without actively looking for it, right? To think... to It's, it's the deceiver, like, the the best way to to fall into a trap is to to be confident that you'll never. Hmm. Yeah. So you're not watching. Yeah, sure. and he's very single focused here. It seems like too. He's just looking yeah. for his. Uh, I went on into the wood hoping to find some one of its mysterious recesses, my lost lady of the marble. Um. Uh, so he's like looking for her. 
I don't know. That's just kind of what reminded me. Like even the, um, when you're actively looking for that, you're not. I don't know. You just. It's just such a such a story that just like repeats itself all the time in life and in like so many other stories too. Like you know what? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the the pleasures you're seeking, or you find this this. I don't want to like single it out to just a just a woman, but like you find the potentiality of like the feminine or something, and you're like, oh, I have this thing. This 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 is my white lady, and then you pursue it, and then. Uh, if you know it ends up being uh kind of a a horror like it's that you end up finding the lady um and you don't you don't find your white lady because you wouldn't not that you wouldn't be seeking her but um i don't know it's hard for me to say uh gosh i don't know what no i i know i know what you mean um and before you go searching for your white lady you know the things to stay away from too yeah, like, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think because I want to bring in the green knight a little bit too because it happens. I mean, there's stuff like that. That that whole story feels related to this book in a way, but even like, um, like Sir Sir Parsifal is like searching for the Holy Grail, and then um, you're like searching for nobility. You're trying to find this, you know, the maiden you might win or something, and then he finds a maiden, and it ends up being this this horrible seductress that just wants to take advantage of him or you know, or something like that. And it's, it's, and it's like, because you're looking for it, because you're, yeah. because you're looking for it in a selfish way or something like that. So it's gonna, it's gonna find you out or something like that. It's the woman in the basket, Jason. This is wickedness. In <laughs> <laughs> Zechariah, you know that part, John? Yeah. These angels shove this woman in her basket or something, throw a lead disc on top of her. This exactly. Well, there's a basket with yes, a yes, lead yes. lid, and they open yeah. it up, and it says, in the basket, there said a woman. He said, this is wickedness, and he pushed her back into the basket, pushed his lead covered him. I love that. Yeah, it carried her off to Babylon, I think. Oh, oh my gosh. And they gosh. were to lay what the foundation day. of Babylon. I'm like, man, Zachariah is just, that's so profound. Man. That's what great. Um. Yeah, there was a part. Yeah, so what I was saying earlier, though, it's like right at the part we're at is like it was just like every single line. I'm just like, man, you could just sit, and like his writing just like causes you. It doesn't cause you to, but it probably should cause you to actually sit and meditate on like almost every sentence. Like, yeah, um, great bats began to flit about with their own noiseless flight, seemingly purposeless because its objects are unseen. I'm just like. You could just sit there and think about that for, I don't know, just the implications let's, of that are so let's, cool. Let's talk about that. What do you think of that, Jason? Well, just like, I mean, the, even like things you're pursuing in life, like other people don't see the same things as you. So they could think you're mad. Like you're doing this, like, or the mad prophet in the woods or something. They're like, they yeah. think this guy's absolutely crazy. He's just flying around like a mad bat or something like that. But it's like, you don't know what he's chasing. He's like, his objects are unseen. And mm-hmm. so that's what this guy looks like when he's sitting there singing in the woods, you know, and nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Then the monotonous music of the owl. Like, does it, why did he put monotonous? Like he's intentional when he writes that. Like, it's weird. Like you don't really realize it. I think until you actually try to write it, then you're like, why would you put monotonous? Like you're, you chose your, you chose that word. 
And so it's, I don't, I don't know the reason. That's what I mean. It's like, you could just sit with it for, for a while. It's because it's alliterative with music. Because it's what? Oh. I'm what? just kidding. Oh, monotonous the, music. Heightened all the harmonies. This is awkward. He had a word count, Jason. He did. All right. That's what, that's what it was. He just went back and added, added in a bunch of adjectives as many as he could. Numberless really... un, unknown sounds out of the unknown dusk but all are of twilight kind, oppressing the heart as with a condensed atmosphere of dreamy, undefiled love and longing. <laughs> Give me a lifetime break, Jordan. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't know where he, he's not paying attention to raise because he says earth drew me towards it, uh, her bosom as you as you quoted earlier and he says i forgot i was in fairyland i thought i was just walking around on earth it's to jason's always warning know where you are know where you oh, are that's yeah yeah um yeah i i think i mean this whole section i i highlighted a couple of words here he walks through all the senses. So he starts off with music and then he moves to the glow worms were lighting the path. And then he talks about the odors. Um, so this seems like a very sensory experience. And monotonous music feels like a lulling to sleep almost. Um, he talks about darkness and night as, as something that is specifically in fairyland that's all encompassing it kind of just wraps over you like a blanket right and that's when i read through this that's kind of what i felt like was happening was a sensory overload of twilight dusk and sleepiness it was like slowly covering that's good that would explain monotonous too like everything yeah. is working towards lulling yes. him into a sense of being off guard yes that's kind of what i got from this wow um, everything working together uh I, I was at a concert last week, actually, and the opener was a saxophone, like a weird experimental saxophone guy. What concert? I saw uh, the three members of Radiohead. What? Yeah. Um, and it was a weird experimental saxophone guy. But he had these long songs where it was like 15 minutes, and it would sound kind of like just noise, like disjointed, kind of ugly, maybe monotonous noises. But then at the end, it all came together and it was like one repeating sort of pattern that all had purpose uh, over the end as it all built. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I got from this is every uh -huh. everything is working together at the end to with with a common goal of kind of, you know, taking him off of his guard. Mm -hmm. Good insight. Yeah, that's really good. Have you ever wanted to fall down to earth and kiss it? God, yes. <laughs> I have. Me too. Me too. No, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Have you mentioned you're like weird? <laughs> you haven't? Okay. I love Earth as much as the next guy. Oh, not not in that way. Not like a tree hugging way. I think it's some of it's uh I don't know, some of it's just because it's so beautiful sometimes. Um, so surreal. Um so peaceful and then other times it's just sheer exhaustion <laughs> too you're just like god 
like that that one i think the one of the lines that stuck out to me it's near the end and it's talking about uh the guy who raps with his staff on mother earth leave mother let me in yeah something he's like yeah. trying to get back to the grave let me back in mother yeah mm-hmm. there's something so comforting and peaceful about like being in nature where i think there's i've been in moments like that where you're just like man you're just out walking and everything is just like this basically just like almost like this except not nighttime but it's just so perfectly peaceful and calm and surreal and you have like like birds could be chirping frogs whatever it doesn't matter or it could just be still silence but it's just like everything is just like right and it's you're in the green chapel you know it's just like this holy untouched undefiled place and yeah you just want to lay down and kiss her (laughs) get very smooch yeah get very smooch you've never done that much never kissed the ground because because when you're in that perfect place jason when everything is everything you said like everything is like perfect or very still or whatever it's like in those moments when you're in the green chapel that you realize that it's not just a collection of things going right at once it's like the true mother earth showing herself to you right Mm -hmm. it's in those moments that you can see her in the fullest and that's when you love it the most i mean as a christian i think that's where those are the surreal moments where you you i would call that something like awe yeah Uh, Uh um for the creator like you know kind of like the silver the reflection of the creator um but yeah how do you not feel drawn into the bosom of the earth then yeah it's just yeah it's yeah i don't know how to describe it other than just everything's like perfect i know know exactly what you mean yeah like when i go out walking at that tree farm like there's just certain times where you're just like it literally i don't know how to describe it other than just like you're just in the presence of angels it's not fairies it's like angels at that point it's like it doesn't like you forget like he says even here he forgot he was in fairyland it's like if you were to pause and think about it you're like everything is kind of the whole earth is uh coming together to one end what is he he yes. describes it somewhere here too like it might have been the chapter before where like everything is consenting to some one end everything's kind of going to the telos stretching upwards to god and it's like at that point it's not uh um obscure um i don't know the right word uh it's not like obscure or ambiguous or anything it doesn't feel like a weird sort of mystical fairyland it feels more like angelic or something and it's like holy and reverent or something like that those times are really 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 cool um and those are the times that make me believe in fairies (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah because you know they're still there or something you know like the 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 spirits of yeah but it's in it's because i've had those moments that this book actually makes sense to me yeah yeah that's good So what do you guys think of the, the lady when he meets her? Wait, what about the song? Oh, wait. Yeah, let's look at the song. Okay, let's do it. I already read some of it. Do we want to finish? finish I'll tell you what doesn't make sense. Not a sound, but echoing in me vibrates all around. I thought that is sound. I <laughs> thought it was not a sound exterior of me, but oh. from me is emanating a sound i'm singing i don't know that's what i thought 
Yeah, that is. So then it vibrates all and around. And I'll, I'll keep it, singing until it, until it until it reaches her. Until it breaks out throughout the night. Yeah. Huh. The queen of night. Every tree overshadows. If he had said queen of day, he would have gotten the right woman. He said queen of night. No, because the woman's veiled, right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I think so. I, I don't know. So. Queen of night. Queen of night is an interesting, interesting choice of words here. I don't know. I'll read through it though, so that way we got it. Not a sound, but echoing in me, vibrates all around with a blind delight till it breaks on thee, queen of night. Every tree, overshadowing with gloom, seems to cover thee, secret, dark, love-stilled, in a holy room, silence-filled. Let no moon creep up the heaven tonight. I, in darksome noon, walking hopefully, seek my shrouded light, grope for thee. Darker grow the borders of the dark, through the branches glow, from the roof above, star and diamond spark, light for love. Now, what parts of this particularly strike you as, as very romantic? Now, what do you think it is that really did it for? Mm. That did it for her? This yeah, girl? I mean... So oh, he's, he's a singing a, a beckoning romantic song, but it's not oh, explicitly I don't think, that. I think, oh, I got the impression he could have said hello, and she would have been after him. Oh, no, I think this was it. But this isn't his white lady. This is the maiden of the alder tree. Right, right, right. So, but my, he's summoning a, he's trying to summon his, his lady, right? Yeah. Right. And to do that, he's going to sing a what kind of song? A romantic one, right? Yeah. But what I is guess, this? So I, so I guess I guess she her ear pricks up like a, she knows that he's out looking or something. She's wondering her. what was going on sure. in his noggin. I guess Queen of Night, that's kind of sweet. Queen uh, of Night. Everything inside me is like echoing for you. Just have a delight and I'm going to persist in in expressing that delight until it breaks on me but here's how i'm going to express that delight that's that's rumbling around inside of me every tree overshadowing with gloom seems to cover thee. okay so she's hidden from him uh, I'm, I'm upset that she's lost secret dark love stilled in a holy room silence filled. that's where she is i but want no things moon. to be dark yeah but no moon creep up to heaven tonight and because he's just going to grope around for her in the dark dark some noon it's kind of i like that. just twilight yeah i like the word yeah i like when they add some on the end of something to it to make it like a an adjective dark some seek uh, my shrouded light what does that mean just he seeks the night sort of so yeah she's hidden she's the light that's hidden and he's looking yeah, for he's he's seeking. The 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 borders grow darker. The dark the borders of the dark grow darker. Well, that's a bad situation. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the borders that yeah. Through the branches glow from the roof above star and diamond spark. So the only really like sweet thing that he's saying is that she is the light. And she is the light? Yeah. And, Wait, that, how, and that, that he desires it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not getting that. Break that down for me. So he's saying that he's groping through the night looking for her light. Is that what that means? 
yeah, she's the light that he's looking for, but she's shrouded and he's he's desperate to find her. So I guess okay. that's sweet. Hmm. Which is completely the opposite of being well on my guard and fully resolved. Being right? Wish, wishing things to be cloaked in darkness in the so dark. that you can find something. <laughs> that is terrible plan. I don't no, don't give me a flashlight. No moon tonight. Yeah. I just want to grope in the dark till I find you. Well, maybe it's because he doesn't want any other light to to be in the same room as her as the light. That's, She's the only light. That's what I was thinking was I mean uh I mean you could you could abstract this out even to not just light and dark, but to he wants her to be the only thing that's noticeable. Mm -hmm. You know, the queen of night, the, the opposite of everything that that is else. So let everything mm -hmm. else consume me so that you're the only thing that stands out. So like a match in a dark room. He's right. He's walking through the woods and he gets, he's resolved to not let anything enchant him. And then this chorus of, of nocturnal sounds just kind of close in on him lull him into it he kisses the earth and then he's like singing this creepy creepy song he's he's on the dark side now he's he, i think he 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 thinks he's looking for his lady but what he's actually is has had a transformation of mind and even while still saying that he's looking for the lady he's actually looking for something wicked and it's exactly what he gets. Was that the the lulling that made that happen? It yeah, it seems to 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 be a part of it. Or was I that just the catalyst for something? It's that his was shadow, right? There? It's his shadow. Oh, his shadow is going to get the better of him. That's good. When he puts his guard down, it, 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 it takes over and and gets to sing this this wicked summoning song instead that's of good. the song kinda... that cracked the lady out of the marble. That's kind of the impression I got is it wasn't it's it's like the reason he's looking for her. like it's actually his shadow is the one who's looking for her. It's not yeah just, because he because to actually get the white lady you wouldn't really want her for yourself in a way you know you wouldn't be he's like he's seeking her in a selfish way or something like his shadow self is seeking her almost um and I maybe maybe wrong to say that but. No, mm -hmm. you're you're right, Jason, because I think I mean, he I don't know where it is in here, but he mentions like, wouldn't she want to just thank her? Thank the person that released her. Wouldn't she want to thank me? Wouldn't she want to kiss me? Yeah. And it's almost like he thinks he has a claim to her or something like that yeah. because he released her or something. Uh, and he he wants to be. uh, Yeah, I don't know, her savior in a way or something like that, or he thinks he is in some sense. I don't know. That's a good thought. But you know, it's interesting that this is like sort of like a self-inflicted lullaby. Like I want to be in the dark. I want to be lulled. And the other one is all about waking up. You know, the, the yeah. One so can I? To the marble lady. Yeah. Oh, so here's what you guys think. I almost want that, but I feel like that was putting too much of a weird spin on it or a personal spin on that because, um, in that, should I do a movie spoiler? for you guys about slumberland yeah okay i don't know well anyways um so the chapter before this right he finds this uh white the white lady and what did i was i texted you guys something because i was like oh it's like the shulamite woman 
um, because mm-hmm. he says something yeah. about, or art thou death, O woman? For since I have set me, like he asks her if she's death, um, because there's like this, uh, in the realms of sleep is the realms of imagination, you know? And so in the dream world, like you can, uh, there's all the potentiality you could want and it's pure, uh, pure imagination, like undefiled, you can go there. Um, and then, but, uh, I don't know. So I was kind of thinking about that a little bit. That was kind of going on in the back of my head too. It's like, you, you can't have that. Like you can't, you can't just do that. Otherwise you could just, you would just go kill yourself or something. You know, it's like, if you just wanted to, if you you can't grab that for yourself, like that, the, you would, you'd end up in a, you'd end up in a nightmare if you were like, Oh, this is what, so in, um, in the movie, slumberland uh i don't know if i should i just ruin this or no i probably shouldn't say anything okay so i'll just relate it personally then um so if like you lose somebody or say like someone passes on then you could go like the only way to see them again is in your dreams basically and you'd be lucky to do that like you can't really make up what you want to dream unless you maybe you're really good at lucid dreaming but then it's like form of necromancy and then it gets that's what i mean it'd be to try to take that thing for yourself is going to get you in a lot of trouble. And so you're either going to engage in necromancy or you're going to kill yourself or try to just sleep your life away and fall into some sort of weird depression or something like that. Like, I can only find my white lady in this place of of this, uh, of these realms of imagination. And then if you're trying to force that, it's like, it's not subject to your will, you know? So it's like, I can't go conjure up something in uh does this even make sense what i'm saying like, at do, all? Are i feel you like i'm not making sense he's trying to do i'm not i'm not saying that because i didn't want to make that projection on it i was just saying like i wonder if that's because mitch mentioned like he's almost kind of like wanting twilight he's wanting night yeah. he's wanting sleep so i was saying like that could maybe be a possible way of looking at it is that like uh i'm just saying that that could be like a personal interpretation i'm not saying that's what what's here but you could see it that way maybe of like oh i've found this wonderful <laughs> thing in my dreams i just would rather inhabit it and have a dreams like that line i sent you mitch the other day where i was like this i I didn't share i wrote these lyrics and i didn't share them with the band because i was like they're too sad like i don't want to play these things with, like i don't know what to do with them but it was like uh why have all the good things gone away to dreams and that was kind of the line and that's that was kind of rolling my head for a long time like why have all the good things gone away to dreams like my white lady, everything I want, all everything I'm drawn towards is like out there in some dream world. And it's like, but if you were to actually pursue that, it wouldn't be in any sort of shalom. It wouldn't be in a rest, you know? You'd be kind of like have to perform some sort of witchcraft or make it subject to your will. And so like to actively pursue it and like to want to take it for yourself uh if you looked at the white lady i'm just saying this is just one way of looking at it the white lady is like the dream world or something or the realms of sleep and you could have her or something and to go and say okay i i I, that's going to be mine now i'm going to take it i'm going to have that lady for myself it's like you don't you're just going to get a bunch of nightmares (laughs) you know you know i don't know if i'm making any sense i feel like i'm not Uh, yeah it conceptually i'm I'm with you i think i'm with you too I don't. Nec- 
I don't think that's intentionally what he's getting at. Like, I think he's, I don't, I'm just saying like that could just be one application of it, I guess. If we ride that train, it's, it's interesting how he ends his song with the, the marble lady. Cause basically by the end of it, he says, you know what, if you don't wake up, I'm just going to die here. So he like has this removal of himself. Like, I'm not going to try to control this. Anymore. I'm just going to die here. And he says everything, but, but words are vain, reject them all. Uh, hear the hear the other depths from which they call the voiceless longing on my heart so he he like gives up his agency and that's when she kind of comes to life um i don't know yeah i i conceptually i'm with you but i think it's it's probably not as much what's going on here if there's something really like i feel like if there's if there's something to what i'm saying at all (laughs) it's like in a, Don't do magic. It, it's not quite it's not quite a late not quite specifically related to this but it's kind of like uh off in some weird other other not i don't even know what i would say it often because it just seems like like when the previous chapter right so he goes into a cave which is like a tomb it's like a you know like the, the dove like i said that thing about the doves it was white lady is in the marble it's a white lady in the cleft of the rock in Song of Songs, he's calling to his the Shulamite woman, just kind of like peace, rest, death. And he says, oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, let me see your face, let you hear your voice. It's like a tomb. They buried people in caves in the clefts of the rock. Abraham buried his, his wife in a cave. So it's kind of like this weird, pure white spirit of the realms of death, like the lofty realms of death where you... Uh, are now in the bosom of the earth in the bosom of your mother and all the potentiality, all that stuff. It's like, Mm. I'm just saying like, there's this, this interplay, like, I don't think that's directly related here, but I think if you wanted to look at it, there's probably maybe different gems to mine of like this, uh, this interplay between life and death that you see working throughout all nature, like even in the plant life, all that stuff. And there's this perfect, like the song of Solomon's, there's this perfect back and forth between the King and this, it, it, and there's all this garden imagery in the book of Song of Solomon too. And so it's like, he could, she's like, you could get a glimpse of that with the white lady. And then now he's like, oh, I have to have that for myself. I'm, I've, I've somehow called her forth from this, this sleep. And now she's awake. The spirit's awake and it's, she's out there somewhere and I have to have her. And then it's, I, I don't know. There's there's something there, and it's like I feel like I'm just scratching the edge of it. But I don't think that's necessarily what he's getting at. It, it just feels like there's something there, and I'm I'm not quite sure what it is. But like, did she? If she she's I. This this just art symbol for death. I don't. Mm, peaceful death, shalom. You could maybe I, like that's what that's what I'm when I'm. Talk about what does it mean? But it's just if we're chasing it, what does it mean that he that he calls her to life and then she takes off? If we're if we're chasing this idea, like you're talking, mm-hmm. about, um, I think it's in maybe an encounter, an interplay with that, with that, um, um, I'm not quite. So there's this, gosh, uh, if you take the whole book as a whole it seems like there's this he's kind of seeking that in a way like even with the his shadow self comes out and then he has to be humbled he has to and 
he has to encounter a death of his own ego before he actually can find um, himself, much less like his white lady. He's never going to get his white lady until he dies to himself type thing. And in a way, that's what she is, in a sense, too. She's the so, partly yeah. the death of himself. Yeah, that's going to call him to become a true man. That's going to kind of kill his shadow self. And then okay. he's going to rise. rise so again. He's chasing her. And in this chapter, what does he find instead? His shadow what? self, I guess. His shadow self is chasing her. And then he finds he finds everything he doesn't want. It's like he finds the... the he finds um, like a an unpeaceful death, like an unshalom death. Yeah, or something. Or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, because if I was it's it's weird to put just death on it, because if I'm thinking about it, gosh, as as just in nature, like death is life. Like it's all the same thing. Does that make sense? Like it's not. And I think when you if you were to actually die in this world, if you were to actually die like plants do in nature or something like in shalom like if, if it was actually a peaceful death then it wouldn't necessarily be like like we normally think of death it would be like you'd be your days would be complete you'd be full of days and you'd go to rest and then you'd your children would flourish they'd grow and you'd i mean in christianity who knows where you'd be you could be watching down over them looking after them or something like it, it wouldn't be it'd be like this and then you would kind of live on through your children through the next generation and await the resurrection or something like that. Like there's an absolute peace about it. And it's kind of a flow of life, a circle of life, right? Rather than a, just a death, you know, just like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep and feel good about it. It's like almost this circular. Does that even make sense? I'm tracking. So that's kind of what I guess I'm talking about when I'm talking about like, the Shulamite woman or the white lady or something. It's not, if it's like the spirit, if it is the spirit of death, it's not like a grim reaper death. It's like a, like the life that gives itself so that more can live. Like the, like a plant would, like the tree would die. And then uh, I was listening to something. I think it was probably Sherry today on Real Country. She was talking about a tree that she had seen fallen. And then the same kinds of trees were growing out of that same tree. Like this tree had died and now all this moss was growing on it and everything. And so it's like this tree had died. So and then yet other of the same tree could live and everything. Does that even make sense? Mitch, you're looking at me like, like I'm, ah, I feel like I'm explaining myself terribly. No, I, I'm tracking. Um, I, don't I was initially going to, I was initially when you said, when you were kind of boiling it down to she's symbolic for death, I was initially going to challenge that. But I think you explained yourself well. I understand. So you're saying it's not just a shalom with death. It's just shalom in general. It's like it, it's shalom with the, the cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, because if you read Song of Solomon, gosh, and I, so do you guys, Mitch knows J.F. Martell, right? And do you know J.F. Martell? Weird studies, did I ever send you any of that stuff, no, John? No, I do not. Oh, well, I was taught last, I talked to him, I had my, him on my channel once and I told him I, I want to talk to him again, but we were planning on talking about the Song of Songs, but because it, that's kind of been hitting me like all this year. It's like the, I used to think of the Shulamite woman as like, you know, you can view it so many different ways, but then it's like Shalom, Shulam, Shulamite. And so it is this, 
and then you read the book and it's just like constant garden imagery and this back and forth between the king and and whatever this lady is this spirit this uh i would i would almost say it's the spirit of death but it's not like like normal not like normal people think of death it's a yeah. maybe more an ancient way of thinking of death like a cycle of life yeah it's a, yeah yeah and so it's and so i don't know that that's like i'm saying i don't think that's necessarily related to maybe what we're reading but i was thinking maybe that's one way of looking at it because of the way he finds her in the tomb it just reminded me of song of songs for some reason reading it this time around he finds her in the cave and it's this like this it's like the dance that they're doing yeah and the whole book they're kind of doing this dance he's chasing yeah. after her then he's don't touch me you should not touch me like yeah. there's this weird like there's this back and forth between the two where they're seeking each other, but they can't quite find each other. And in Song of Songs, it's kind of the same thing. Is the Don't Touch Me lady that he meets first the same as, as the Marvel lady? Oh, this lady says Don't Touch Me as well, this I one. think. Oh, but then there's, really? but later yes. on, but later on, I think it's the same thing. I think it's the idea of like, there's a, yeah, you can't grab it for yourself. Like you wouldn't, um, there's a, there's like a purity and a holiness that like she she wants she needs to remain undefiled so you don't reach out and grab I mean you don't do that to a woman anyway you don't like yes. yeah do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases you don't grab hold of it you know um what is it that's uh compelling to you about this idea about this idea what do you mean? The well, it's like I think we're all like, yeah, it's probably not what you're going for, but um, it's something that stuck out to you, and it's 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 something that seems to be kind of a recurring theme for you. Can I ask a more specific question first? Yeah, a point of clarity: is it that you you shouldn't grab it, or that you can't? Oh, I think. Oh, I don't think you can. Yeah, I think ultimately. So you, you can't. just destroy yourself in the process of trying. Yeah, because I mean, if you're looking at, um, if you're looking at, okay, so each one of us, we could say like we're born on this earth, and then as soon as we're born, we're started, we begin dying. Yeah. And so, what are we doing here? We're all trying to, like, people that even have NDE, NDEs, like near death experiences, like they'll talk about, like, wanting to come back to like just do something or clear things up or like or like they have these relationships that they've left like unsettled and they just want to get back so they can like resolve things so then they can die and rest so they can actually yeah. go so they're searching for that rest that shalom that that shulamite woman like you we're all kind of like even now it's like you you kind of like if you think about oh am i actually ready to die like, even if you wanted to die or were depressed or something, it's like, did you really leave something behind? Like, did you, not that, not to be remembered by, but like, did you do your work type thing? Like, God put you here. Did you get done what you needed to do before you can actually go to sleep and feel satisfied? Like, can you actually go to rest in a peaceful rest? And so, like, we're all kind of seeking that, I think, that a pure death 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was your question? I lost your question again. Sorry, John. No, the thanks. No, question. no, 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 no. You, you answered it. I'll <laughs> okay. let you get back to Mitch's. Oh. Why are you interested? Um, yeah, why am I trying to apply it to this story? Um, I think, I don't know why I'm trying to apply it necessarily other than I think when he was, when I read through it this time, looking at the white lady in the cave, it just kind of, for some reason that stood out to me. I was like, oh, it's kind of like he's in a cave. Um, kind of like oh my dove in the clefts of the rock let me see your face that line in song of solomon's kind of stood out to me i'm like oh this dove this white this white dove peaceful dove sleeping in a cave he's trying to call her forth let me see your face let me hear your voice like there's this singing going on in song of songs too so it just kind of sparked me and then it and then i was like oh then it reminded me of the shulamite thing and then he even asked her like are you are you death like is are that what you are yeah, yeah. Like he asked, basically, are you the spirit of death? Um, so I don't know why. It just kind of brought it back to my attention, I guess. And I don't know why it's been, I can't really say specifically why it's been on my mind. Or um, there just seems to be, I don't know, you, you kind of get something stirs up in, in your thought patterns and you just kind of uh, go with it for a while. I don't know. Uh, some people might say it's God speaking to you. I don't really know why. Some things just catch my attention for a while. And then a lot of times I think they're just personal where I'm just like gathering information for more revelation on a specific thing. But for some reason, this one's kind of uh, stood out to me, not all year, but maybe ever since I wrote that song. And then it, and then it kind of kept, you know, like kept kind of coming around and like hitting me. And I'm like, oh, it's like, the Shulamite woman, it's death, shalom, peace, rest, like all these things. Queen of Sheba, like seven, seven, seven. And I'm just like, God, it's everywhere. And so all of the all the great ladies and all the great stories are are just uh, somebody looking for peace, you know, trying to woo this lady, you know, if I could just have peace and I could die, then I could go to rest. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that, but it's like, I think maybe because even even like we say, that he wakes her up. it's even what we call Mother Earth is like uh, Mother Earth is, you know, like it's it's feminine. We want to, you know, that's where you're going to go back to. You're going to be buried in a tomb in a cave in the grave. And it's like you're going back to the this weird. When you return to that, you want it to be Shalom, I guess. Yeah, it is weird that he wakes her up in the story. Yeah, so I guess, why was she he... sleeping? Um, Just because she's emblematic of death, you know. So. Well, I don't. I see. This is where I don't think. I don't know. That's why I think it's just his white lady. Like I don't think it's specifically referencing that per se. I think you could apply it to that. So when you go to sleep, like you go to you, you go into the dream world. It's this. Uh, you go into the realms of imagination. You. And so the feminine is potentiality. And so in the realms of imagination and the realms of your dreams, there's like endless potentiality. It's this, gotcha. it's this, it's this endless womb of uh, this vast ocean, you could say. So I don't know if that's kind of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to even apply that to the white lady because the white lady just seems to be like, um, he's just like, it seems to me like he's almost freeing the imagination in a way. Like he's trying to free his imagination. Um, because 
like even the way he talks about words in one of his essays I read, it was like, like what it what is that line he said? Um, the words like poetry versus prose. It's like the poetic words, like in poetry, it's kind of like you're, it's closer to the pure thought. Like, cause a word is just basically a body for a thought you're trying to get at. You're trying to put a thought you have into something that you can communicate to someone else. And he's saying the more you do that, the more it becomes prose and it just, uh, the winged words, it just becomes like a clay brick basically is what he, he says in that essay. And so she's trapped in this marble form. So he's trying to free it back to the, I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, there's not, I don't really want to put if my finger on it. But you could... Pilgrim's Progress, where he literally names every character exactly what they mean. Exactly what they mean. This is but kind it, of Pilgrim's Progress. He, it, it works a little better that way because it's sort of like, and then he went here, and then he went here. And each person he met is is some kind of, you know, allegorical figure uh, on joe anybody's journey i've never read that Can you say more yeah i've never read it either oh well i mean the protagonist is like named christian okay and uh <laughs> he, he he'll like go and meet somebody named despair or like doubter or like oh, know, okay everybody oh, and then you know he finally makes it i think it i think they call it the celestial city uh, which anyway, he's on his journey to heaven. He's on his journey through life, and he meets all of these friends and opponents who have very obvious names, so that you don't have to have hours long Zoom calls about when the world gotcha. could mean. <laughs> but uh, so death or imagination, we don't know. She's called the White Lady. Uh, yeah, well, because you all like, I th- I feel like that's the perfect way to put it too, and I feel like that's why because he's getting back to the more. I don't even ancient's not the right word. Just the 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 pure essence of what of what she is. She's just the white lady. She's his white lady, and so it's like everybody has that. Like you can imagine that you have this. I mean, it's white. It's pure. It's untouched. It's undefiled. It's the virgin lady. It's it's what it's the the ideal feminine. And you say basically that you're pursuing, pursuing. Yeah, yeah. And then she, uh, and then she gets up and flees away from him. Yeah, it's super yeah. weird. And then somebody pretends to be her. Yeah, the seductress. This reminds me of Proverbs. The seductress who flatters with her words. Yeah, but she's very antichrist because she acts like... It's weird when they're like, uh, you know, she says, come and see. It's uh, kind of that stuck out to language. you too? Yeah. yeah, that stuck out to me. Come and see. She's trouble. And when she, when she, when it's describing what she was, she began and told me a strange tale, which likewise I cannot recollect, but which at every turn and every pause somehow or other fixed my eyes and thoughts upon her extreme beauty, seeming always to culminate in something that had a relation revealed or hidden, but always operative with her own loveliness. That, when I read that, I was like, ah, oh, that's like the experience one has with scripture, you know? It feels like the experience a Christian has with scripture. It's, so uh, always operative with her own loveliness. maniacal that it was it's kind of used to seduce him wait say more about that someone has i don't know when i read that i scripture? think i sent that to you guys because i was like wow this is a beautiful way to describe uh 
it just felt resonant with my experience with the Bible. Like everything uh, culminates in something that's relative to the other thing. Oh, and okay. sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's, it's not. Like uh, the hyperlink. But it's, yeah, that, oh, no. yeah, that it, that it all relates to each other, that it all relates to, to Christ and that sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's hidden, but no matter if it's revealed or hidden, it's always operative with the Lord's goodness and his lovingness. Yeah. It, it's like a really good way to, to describe that. But here it's, you know, it's something nefarious. So it's kind of... But it's so close to what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's why I feel like this is so relatable because it's like, it's so close to the, yeah. It's so like the white lady, except there's these little things. Mm -hmm. And the one part that really stood out to me is he said, where was it? He said that it was, uh, where am I looking at? I think I'm off here. Yeah, I am. Um, oh, I found, I drew close to her looking for the beauty of her face, which indeed I found too plenteous. A cold mm. shiver ran through me, but I said, it is the marble. It is the marble. And heated it not. But I like that part where he says like the, the beauty was too plenteous. Like too plentifully, he found yeah, it. It's quiet, like there's too, too much. There's too it's much. Actually, be safe. Yeah, yeah. Like when you look at the moon, it's like there's impurities to it. Like it's not. You know what I mean? It's like like we the moon. We find it like so peaceful and beautiful, but when you look at it, it's like got all these spots and everything. Like so, how does not... that <clears throat> how does that fit in with the framework of what you were talking about, Jason? It doesn't. What do you mean? The white lady? No. The fact that once he sees her, uh, what he thinks is her, she's she's more beautiful than he even thought, and it's scary. How does that... How does that work with, with your framework that you were talking because about? Because you don't, you don't ultimately want that, right? You don't want something... I mean, I think you want. If it is shalom in the cycle of, in the cycle of oh, life. I see what you're saying with relating yeah. directly to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that, but this isn't. This is not. This is not shalom. This is anti-shalom. Oh, I would, right. There's like no, because if it's too plenteous, if it's like too perfect or something, then it's like there's no more. No more mystery. What was it? They were God. It was in that that I that four hour long conversation that they had on Corral Country the other day. Someone said that they said it like perfectly. They were saying something how it was probably Tyler who said it. And it's like, uh, gosh, when it's um, if you if for our concept of perfect, uh, then there's um, there's some there's still something missing, and it's change. Mm. or something like that so it's like the if the beauty is like perfect or complete it's like it lacks it lacks one thing and it lacks the ability to change or something like that Mitch shrugged his shoulders what does that mean what do you mean uh, no? it's just not obvious to me that that's the case i mean it makes a lot of it sense may, i mean it might it might not be well we'll go on say more about it it's not obvious. well we've talked about it before you know it's just, i i'm unwilling to believe that there. are and probably we could think of examples of things that don't change, that we're very glad don't change, uh, that uh, their beauty is that they don't change, you know? 
is that they don't change like like truth like god well yeah you have to have something like that right because that's what we think of so i think you can have unchanging an unchanging thing that is perfect uh, as all yeah what do i this is yeah this is a tangent i guess but I like this tangent anyway. I like going down this rabbit hole with you, even though we've been down there many times. Because <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I like it too. Because I think I, even with the idea of truth, that's why I, I probably come across people the wrong way when I talk about truth. Because I don't think I ever really properly get across what I'm trying to convey. But I'm like, you, you have to, truth in regards to trust, like you have to have something unchanging to be able to trust it, right? And then you have to have trust to have to have faith to have hope to have a relationship. You have yeah, to have trust. Yeah, King Daisy is what you you have to have King Daisy to measure the other days uh, against you. But the thing with love is like you can always trust love, but love changes. Like it's weird. That's the weirdest thing with love. It's like love is forever unchanging, but it's because of its nature, it will change to include. Then it's you know not unchanging. I mean? Yeah, it's not because it. But like you know, love love dies of dies of itself so it like it never changes but it like <laughs> this weird i don't know what it is like it's the weirdest thing the change but it seems to change the, the cycle is the yeah. same the, yeah the cycle of change is always the same something like that i don't know anyways sorry it's not obvious to you that that change i don't know it's just kind of my thoughts so, like, that, that was to explain my show i mean i I, it makes sense to me when somebody says that, but I. But there's this weird. No, I think you're right to have that though, because because only Sith deals in absolutes, so we don't want to make any. You know this it. lady, uh, she is so devious, man. It's like in the movie where it's like the you're like pulling your head at the protagonist because they're giving all the answers. He's like, it's my white lady. She's like, it is your white lady. And he's like, <laughs> why did you run away from me? And she's like, uh, did, did I? I? I, what was I thinking? I did. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly what happens. Oh man! Do you know what she says? Come to my grotto. Mm. What What's that about? Like, it's just a weird, weird word to use. I don't experience many grottos. What is she, that? She's exactly? like the alien <laughs> that came down on the planet to steal the human. She's like, come to my. Uh, you know, just use the wrong word. <laughs> they read it out of an encyclopedia. Did you didn't you mean the alabaster cave where Mar yes. the spirit of marble exists? Oh yeah, that, that's it. That's the one. I'm it's a cave. A grotto is a cave. A small okay. picturesque cave. Picturesque. Especially an artificial one in a park or a garden. Oh, intriguing. I really liked that. Um I had this highlighted that he he looked at her face and it was too beautiful. Um, and then he said, yeah, if I had confessed it, there was something either in the sound of the voice, although it seems sweetness itself, or else this yielding, which awaited no gradation of gentle approaches. Uh, it did not vibrate harmoniously with the beat of my inward music. Mm. And that's the way that's that good. he characterizes it's like the song that gut feeling mm -hmm. i also liked it when uh they get to the the entrance of the where they're going in 
um, he makes she makes him like open it up for him. It's like he has to be the one to let her in ultimately. Uh, it's like she can't go in on her own court. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, it's just my rearing, uh, probably. With like the demons can't come in unless you invite them. <laughs> no, you're probably right, though. I mean, I think there's probably something to do that. He, I, I think Mitch, you pointed this out a long time ago, but I mean, that follows the same pattern where in the first song, he eventually awakens her by by giving up his authority or his autonomy. Um, and then yeah. same in the second. And she she comes back to him and then it's just the same pattern for a third time. Hmm. Then the rose glasses. Seeing that that gets repeated. What is it? Yeah. Is it, it was glimmering with a pale rosy light. And there's a rosy flame inside and a rose lamp. It's, yeah, that's it's cool. pink. It's pink glow or something. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and when he he says, I listened to she and I were blended with the tail to she and I were the whole history. It's all this centering around yeah. himself. It's, it's troubling so. for him. Yeah, oh. that that line reminded me of something I wrote like a year and a half, two years ago. I almost sent it to you guys, but I actually titled it. You know, it's probably this probably got in my subconscious or something because I actually titled it "The Rose Lady" or something. But it was basically kind of going off that deal, like this lady in red or something like that. Um, I can send it to you guys later, but it seemed very similar to that. That one specific line you just mentioned of that that uh what does it say uh she and i were the whole history like everything is, is centered around that around them or something like that hmm yeah you should send it yeah please do i can do that i could i would read it here but it's actually a lot longer than i thought it was um yeah, i can send it to you guys i don't know if it's any good but it, I, it reminded me of it all. So, I can't remember. Ash tree is bad, right? What? Yes. The, yeah, the ash tree is bad. The alder tree is good? The alder tree is bad, right? Because this is the maiden of the alder tree. The ash okay. tree seems they... to be masculine for some reason, right? It's the one with the the vampire thing he encountered with the knobby fingers. Are they both bad? The alder tree... It's bad. This is the maiden of the alder. Is, is the bad is is the ash tree bad then? Oh, yeah, bad. I think so. They said oh, they're both bad. Okay. I think they gave him, gave him a warning about the. Didn't he give the who gave? That was the, the first big spook was the ash tree, right? Yeah, that was so. at the house, but yeah. the the alder tree, I guess. Um, uh, this part had some green knight kind of vibes too, because he he lost that beech leaf girdle like. It's like the green sash in, in Green Knight. Yeah. And it's like his one defense. He calls it that. Well, I don't know what he's talking about exactly here when he says my only availing defense. Because she gives it to him, right? Uh, What is that? Where is it? Let me find is this sort of a Garden of Eden kind of thing? So you realize he's naked or something. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. 
Um, let's see. I cannot cut your beautiful hair. Let's see, wait. Uh, but now I must tie some of my hair about you and then the ash will not touch you. Here, cut some off. You have, you men have strange cutting things about you. So that's when he he met the beech tree and she gave him the girdle mm -hmm. as a protection. So that, from that, was, that was just like right in there with Green Knight. Yeah. I don't know. What's the, what do you guys have for that? Like, what's the similar? That's the one thing I don't have. I mean, I feel like this whole night I've been just kind of talking buffoonery anyway, but that's something I definitely yeah. don't have. Like, uh, I don't really understand the, this, I guess, the symbolism of that. Like, why is that a theme? Because I think that's a theme in like Arthurian legends too. Like, the knight would, um, I mean, I think that's just something they did back then too. When knights would joust, they'd, joust for a lady and she would give him a sash to wear around his waist mm -hmm. i don't know why what does that even come on that's the waist belt of truth man okay what is what, what would you call that a girdle what do you call it a sash so in the, remember in the green i don't want to spoil things for john Never mind. that's that's okay no 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 don't okay don't spoil it to. don't spoil it no, no, he's no. got to watch I'll, it i'll work around it Gotta work around it. Talk about uh, Parsifal. But but I will say like the the green, um, why? So the green, lust is red, right? And green is what lust leaves behind. Oh, you're talking about the green, the monologue, the green monologue, where they, where they kind of do their, oh yeah, that's lit what... class <laughs> explanation. Of... That part's so good. You could probably read that because that that part, John should. Well, no, probably, yeah, probably so rewind it. This part. I, I skipped the part that's a spoiler, but. But that you could read the monologue. I I don't have the monologue with me, but I know that yeah. that red is lust and green is what lust leaves behind. Uh, green is envy. It's it's what's left when ardor fades, uh, when passion dies, when we die too. Green so, is envy. It's but what... then why would the green be a protective thing? Because the green sash is is the protective. Green always. I mean, it seems like there's always this dual aspect of it, though, right? That's green a... is growth. It's fertility. It's... Yeah, but it's also mold. Yeah, it's decayed, that's kind well. of the yeah, it's death. Uh, and it's yeah, because yeah, it's on like the corpse and everything. It's mm -hmm. always and it's envy and it's uh greed. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Here, it's just the color of the thing. It's the color of life, right? It's the color of. What do you mean here? Where are we looking at it? The sash? Uh, we're looking at the it. green sash with the hair? Is that what you're talking about? Or mm -hmm. I don't know. But now a pale greenish hue in the light of morning. I put my hand to my waist and I found that indeed my girdle of beech leaves was gone. What happened to it? Did he just, just now realize it or did it say it, he lost I it? I wondered if there... It just was supposed to be some kind of sexual encounter in the end or something. 
Could have been. Maybe. <laughs> and that's when she took his girdle? I don't know. It just occurred to me in the scene. I was like, well, maybe it's like that was the nature of his. Is that the symbolism of it? Is you take this girdle from a woman, so you're kind of like that you would have to take it off in order to betray her honor or something like that? That's a good thought. And that is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm shutting my eyes. <laughs> yes, spell it out in letters. Put, I won't be able to subtitles up. <laughs> we'll talk later. What language? Is, what language do we know that that John doesn't know? The answer is zero. John knows six languages, and we only know English. Ah, shoot. We know the language of love. John kind of reminds me. That's of right. A... John doesn't know. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like Samson. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. I just uh was that's, really, that's actually really interesting. The Samson parallel. Because that happens again in uh gosh, in what Hezekiah? It's the same story as Samson. Yeah. The hair? No, 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 but the um the gosh, it's the same, it's like the same spirit. Like this maiden of the alder tree is like that that the seductress that flatters with their words like you see in proverbs and everything and it's like it's the it's the yeah i, I don't know how to describe it it's kind of like we we're talking about with like the same thing with christ and antichrist it's like it's like whatever this is it's like a hair's breadth away from the thing you want and you're seeking it and then it it's a seductress and and she deceives you and then you're and then you're trapped and bound and she's plucked out your eyes and she's sucking the life out of you and it's like that's that's what happens to Samson. He gets his eyes plucked out, and then no, not Hezekiah. What am I saying? It's well, no, it is kind of the same because Hezekiah lets him in. He lets in Delilah, uh, basically, because uh, Samson, in the story of Samson, he takes Delilah and he opens up his heart to her. Basically, he tells her all his heart, and then and then that's when mm-hmm. she takes his eyes and binds him. And then Hezekiah, whenever the uh he's sick and near death he prays for his healing and then i think it says maybe it's in one of the one of the because there's chronicles kings and isaiah it talks about him and i think in one of them it says in his latter days his heart's lifted up with pride but then after he gets well these people from babylon babylon sends him gifts and everything and it says that he opens up all the storehouses all his treasuries his whole house and he basically opens up his heart to him and shows him everything and then it's it's weird, and God says, because you've done this, like your kids are going to die, basically, and suffer. And then his mm. kids later on, Babylon comes back, and the king of Babylon plucks out his son's eyes. Like, same as Samson. It's really strange. Interesting. And so he's, like, letting in the spirit of Babylon or something into his household, and then it comes back and takes his eyes, like Delilah does, and carries him off away in chains, just like Samson. He's bound in chains and carried away. Is it cold out there? Uh yeah, sort of. I got a little heater out here anyway. Oh nice, nice. Yeah. Or you asked just you know, I think heaters are haunted, you know. Heaters are haunted? Can you show it to me? Is it too much trouble? No, I can show it to you. They're haunted? Yeah, I had a lot of bad experiences at the heater. Well it's probably oh, not cool. let me see if I can press yeah, someone's too. That that is that is, that is an evil heater, okay? That one will talk to you. Do not sleep in the room with it at night. But It'll talk to you? Yes. What do you mean? 
Mm-hmm. Now I gotta try it. I don't put it on at night because I don't. I'm sleeping inside usually, but that's good. That's I really want to try it. What do you mean you don't talk to no, me? No, 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 don't. Oh, what? What does it say? Don't. What does it say? That's what so weird. Is that? Oh, I, I had a lot of weird childhood memories of a space heater looking like a evil face, and I had a lot of recurring childhood nightmares because of my space heater. We have to talk about this. Yeah. Let's do it right now. That's what we're here for. I really, I'm my my interest is like I did too. So I mean, <laughs> that's so weird. they have a face type feature, and then they they're when they turned on, they're like they had the fire, which is like sort of just an energy that's alive. What do you think yeah. it is? It makes sure yours turn anthropomorphize it. No, so that that's an extra mine would, mine would pivot animation too. Uh, no, no, I wish I had it with me. I just well, it's a long story, but. So what was it about it? I see mine had a one red light in the center. And okay. mine so I, I thought of it as kind of like a cy- cyclops almost. Okay. It, it didn't look like any face that I had That's seen. That's really interesting. Something so different from the one that mine is, but yeah, okay. That's so cool. So uh, like, was it with you in your room usually? It or? was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I I, I don't remember. I doubt it was on all night long. I know they have a setting where they can kick on if they're at a certain temperature mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think mine was probably one of those. Um, so it's one of those things where it would just kick on to life. And kind of like this, it was a sensory overload. You had the little red light. It would. It, you had the sound, the motion, all in an instant, right? Yeah. Um, did it talk to you? No, I don't think so. But I never liked it being there. Mm-hmm. Tell me this, Mitch. What did the heater say? I have yeah, to know. Yeah, what did your heater what tell you? So my much. heater never talked Open up to It was my here. great-grandparents' heater. And it stayed oh, usually in their bathroom. And uh, But it was like from the 80s. It was like a Markel brand heater. And it had like an iron grate on the front of it. And it had like this coil bar in the middle that was what heated up and glowed orange and uh yeah i mean it just just it would tell me horrible things but when my great-grandfather perished um you know everybody was kind of getting a token you know from him and uh i was like i know exactly what i want Uh, he had like a little workshop and i went out there and looked around and finally found it you know, because they had replaced it uh, from in the house. I hadn't seen it in years. I was like, this is the one. Because I had already started writing for my senior project uh, in college, uh, like a, a a play about the heater. What What did that tell you? Ah, oh, it's just terrible things. Terrible things. No, open up. You have to tell yeah. us. Yeah. You have to say. Oh one. my goodness! What did it say? Terrible. Anyway, I kept it until twenty. 20- I used it until 2016, 2017, 2016, really, and then it it finally perished. If it told uh, you terrible things, why did you use it? Um. <laughs> well, it was like it was like the this. It was like, yeah, I am your white lady, you know. Oh. The heater? The heater? Did I run away from you? I forgot about that. You should come to my grotto. It's, it's comforting, <laughs> right? Yeah, you would think so. And that's the thing about it. It's like, what's what's comforting and scary at the same time? A space heater? 
uh, news. The news is like that. Mm. Uh, lots of things. Interesting. No, keep talking about this. This is great. You're 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 on you're on fire right now. That's it. That's no, it. mine no, is way it. less interesting. I didn't hear anything from mine. Yeah, but it was but the, scary. Even what you're talking about now, comforting and and uh and terrifying at the same time. Can you think of more things like that? Not comforting and scary. The, the fact that you pulled the news out too was pretty. Well, that's good. the thing. It's like that's when you're really listening to NPR, you're like in your car, and you're like, it's like a bombing happened today, and you're just like, ah, you know, it's like what it's saying is terrifying, but its manner is. I think the the comfort is in the knowing, right? Things uh, are the most scary when they're unknown. I always thought it was just in the the monotonous music of it. Hmm. It's like they talk and they're there and it's the same voices and they play jazz in between the stories. Oh my god, this ex- this experience you had with this heater is is amazing. You definitely need to write a book on it. You should write it in in a uh, in uh, Fairyland. Well, I have a full length play about it and I have a full length screenplay about it. Nice. That's yeah. crazy. And we're going to read a lot from it right now. If you look under your chair, I've taped a copy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, mine never talked to me. Um, but to, so you had this fear of it. It was just, but you were anthropomorphizing it because you said it had this, this sort of cyborg thing going on. So. Yeah, def- no, definitely. I remember being terrified of it. But it's like, um, uh, well, what, what in the world is it going to do to you then? You didn't think about that. You just were scared. I, I mean, I haven't thought about this in years. I haven't thought about this since I was probably Well, the crazy thing old. is, I was talking to my brother about, sorry to my brother for saying this, but uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, I, I would converse with it too. I had a name for it. Would you talk out loud? really interesting. Of course. But did you guys have... Of imaginary... course, the way he just breezes over these things. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, did you guys have imaginary friends as kids? Of course you did, right? Not that I remember. I have a terrible that memory, either. though. That continues to surprise me when you say that, Jason. I really don't remember. I don't remember having that. Um, I remember playing outside a lot when I was a kid and having my cousins around, climbing trees, things like that. I lived, with, I lived with a lot of my cousins, though, like when we lived in Florida. So like my neighbors were family. So like we're you and, like to have sword fights with thin air kind of guy. No, because we probably had sword fights with my cousins or something. If we did, I'm we sure played in the we played in the mud a lot. We I mean, did but we was the our... mud ever something besides mud? Was the tree ever like a, a skyscraper you were gonna save a kid up there? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there were some things. The only thing I specifically remember is uh, and this wasn't like a friend or anything, but it was it was the bull with the golden eye. Because there was this shed across the fence, and it had a hole in it, and so there was a bull with a golden it. eye, and it was looking through there. It's just a monster over the wall, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, uh, but everybody's got like, a childhood monster. Yeah, but that's the only thing I remember. Uh, I don't remember much. Like even even in the signal chat, I was talking about this earlier. Like it's people will talk about their first memory, and I'm like, I don't, I don't remember my first memory. Uh, are are you characterizing an imaginary friend? so i don't know if i actually had that i certainly imagined things but are you characterizing an imaginary friend as like a, a human being in your imagination that you actually interact with talk to yeah that's what I mean. see mm-hmm. on a recurring basis yeah or at least have a, a a vision for in your in your in your brain or do you have one of those? 
Have you ever had that, John? No, it sounds like a, a haunting to me. Have you ever had one? Well, no, because you, you're aware that you were conjuring it. Yeah, uh, no, I yeah. never I never did that as a kid. I don't know that you are, though. I remember Caitlin, when she was younger, it freaked me out. And now I don't, I'm like, man, it, was, it shouldn't have freaked me out at all. But she would always talk about, gosh, what was her name? It was it was strange too because like nobody gave her this name. This thing just had a name, and it was like, where did she learn this name? It was like, I can't remember, it's Lola or something like that. It was like this weird name that like nobody would have told her, but she would always mm -hmm. talk about. I mean, she it's just before she was like four or something like she was really little, and it was always she always had this friend with her, Lola. And then like she could, if like it'd be like, oh no, Lola told me this. Lola did this. Lola did that, and it was just like. It was extremely real to her, like this this imaginary friend, where it like kind of freaked me out. I was like, "What is going on here?" Like she definitely is interacting with something, and it's not, it's not conjured. It wasn't like conjured up. I don't think. I don't think she just made it up. It was like actually there in her imagination, like this other, this friend. And I think it was just a friend. I don't know if it was a. I mean, I don't think it was evil at all. It was, yeah. but it. It does have this weird, weird vibe to it where it's like, I don't know that I would have called it an angel either. Like, I don't think it's probably just some sort of. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that hauntings don't happen, but it's, it's a totally different thing. Right. Are, are you saying that are you equating imaginary friends with your here? Is that what it was? That one, maybe that that one's a harder, that one's a, a blurrier line. Do you think it was real? Like, it wasn't just. I mean, no, it's I, a blurrier I, line. I consider the imaginary real. Like, it wasn't like you were just, like, that. where George McDonald makes the difference between fancy and imagination. You weren't just, like, making it up out of fancy or something. Like, it was actually, because why would you want to make something like that up? Like, there's not really a, it's not like you're willing it. I think it was it. something that I was projecting from in me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's one of those things where at some point, you know, push aside the branches, you know, make room for us to enter. And then the, the projections get crazier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. But do you ever think it's projecting back? Like there's this maybe weird mirroring thing or like you're maybe projecting out and it's it's kind of calling you or something? Um... Or do you think what that I happens think is, later? The the way I try to understand it is, okay, electricity is powering the the heater, right? Okay, but the electricity is spiritual. Mm -hmm. There's like a spirit to electricity. The electricity is spiritual. All right. Hey, that's all you're gonna say. I got it. Do you have it? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I'm more confused than you said the same thing twice. I know. I, know, I, know. I, know. I think I'm more inclined to have imaginary friends now than, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't think they're like that's what I mean when I say when I say imaginary. I don't think they're. I, the way I would actually interact with them is not. Uh, is not of my own will, if that makes sense. Like, and I can't, well, I can't grab. You're them. out there talking to the moon most nights. I mean, 
I can't I can talk to the mood. Well, the mood's actually there too. Like uh trying to think of an example. Um like I don't know. There's just like certain things where like and then if you if something came up in your you can't just conjure it up. Like it's not a conjuring or something like that, you know. I don't know. If hey Mitch, what sense. was the what was the brand of the heater? Markel. Mark. Oh, you know the brand. Is that his name? Is that what you called him? That's a good no, no. Markel. That wasn't that wasn't his name. That was my brother's name. <laughs> my grandma had one of these. Yeah, it's a great, great, great issue. I see them every now and then. I'm like sometimes in like uh hardware stores and stuff, just not for sale, just like the the owners of the hardware stores are using. Yes, that's close to the exact model. Oh, uh, so that's the kind one of to immediately to mine. The one up and There's to the one. right. Oh no no no! Oh, that definitely that one, looks that like one. something. I would touch that's the to one. That. That's the exact one. Oh yeah, you know that's that. There definitely wow. is a spirit with that. You should see it lit up. Yeah, I mean it's a furnace, right? It's like a it's a prison. It's a fiery prison. That's what yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like to a... me. It does look pretty evil. It's a cage. It's a... It it looks like one of those fencing masks to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which those are pretty scary too. Eighty bucks. That's good to know. Yeah, that is pretty. That's kind of haunting. Right why there. you're you're in the why. market? See, no, I, think it, I still I have had, mine, but it it's it doesn't work right now. If oh, I had to fix that, heard horrible things from my heater, I probably would never want to talk to it again. Well, that's really interesting. It's fascinating. Did it? Uh, was it? like in dreams and then you'd wake up and talk to it or was it like uh no waking waking states but um of course jason <laughs> but, but Sorry, jason man. you were saying that the <laughs> the imaginary friend that you conceptualize now would not be something that you had conjured no uh so i could just say um so there is the first encounter I think I had was like, it was, so basically I'd, I would describe it as maybe kind of like a fairy or something, but it was in a dream. And then I don't, I haven't like, I, it's not even like a will, like if I tried to engage, willingly engage that whatever this spirit or something is, is it, it would just leave. And if I try to write about it, it get like it, I've written about it because it was whenever I was trying to explore the imagination more and like I was actually trying to go like encounter that realm and be honest about it and not try to to make something up but more explore and discover I guess um what is I think he even says the same thing in this book somewhere weird where he says uh when he's talking about uh is it like the guy who sculpts the marble that he says he sees there uh what does he say it's like he's waiting rather than um, trying to. Gosh, I can't remember what chapter five. Uh, let me see. I don't know. I'm not going to find it right now. Um, is it Pygmalion? What is the name of that guy's thing where he's talking about? Isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, I forgot what it is. Saying, yeah, so anyways, I was trying to, it was, but it happened in a dream first, and then I don't know that I 
saw her in another dream. Um, but then it's just like, like you don't make these things up because you don't like name them either. It's just like, uh, you just kind of discover them. And then um, it's only been in these weird states where like the my imagination is just right or it's just lucid enough or something or loose. And then uh, if I actually try to... Um, Uh, is it nevertheless uh, something that your subconscious mind is is making even though no, you're not doing i mean you're not doing it it, it could it could be it feels there's no way to know me. i guess yeah well, it feels it's either uh, a glimpse into a super reality or it is a sub reality yeah this one see like i think the reason like and when i describe this one like honestly it would it would feel like a fairy there's like because even the story i was like telling you i was trying to write about it or whatever like some of the characters feel inside right like they feel like Pardon like me. they could be yeah yeah like and craig's talked to me about that too where you find like little parts of yourself where like okay this part of myself acts like kind of beastly so this is kind of this character or something like that this is totally outside and that's like i can't grasp her you know it's just totally like it feels like a fairy or something and it's almost like like there's no it's not really even it, it feels kind of purposeless in a way like it's it's just really strange i don't um that's why it's so hard to talk about because it's just like um i and i've only written a few things and it's like i can't willingly encounter it there's probably places i could get to mentally where i could maybe like have a more likely chance of like having an interaction not not encounter is probably a stupid word maybe an interaction but i've wrote like even when i like i remember one time i was trying to write down something and it was almost like you you know you're just there then all of a sudden you just are like i, I don't know how to describe it at all really it's just silly i, I shouldn't even be talking about this it just feels stupid to talk about it's like this you're is, your heater it's like you don't even want to talk about like we, we should, you're talking we to heaters i'm talking to, i'm talking to fairies <laughs> what's going on here I'm john's being to, totally me, rational i know right I want to see if I can find anything. I, no, I'm you wait. No, here. it's on my computer. That's probably what it is. Mitch, is I'm that... just sitting here thinking, and I have like weirdly vivid memories of going to sleep as a young kid, just staring at my heater from across the room. I don't know why. We got to do a survey now, you know, to see it's how very rampant weird. this thing it's is. It's super vivid. Like, I'm able to put myself back in those memories, unlike a lot of other ones. I didn't even know I had these. Maybe like, I was talking to you, John, and you just, you still got that stuff suppressed right now. You know, you haven't God. touched this memory in a long time. Maybe it was bad things. Maybe it was saying that. It was never yeah. nice. I knew it was never a nice heater. That was an evil creature. Why did I never, it go in the heater? I didn't like it in my room. If I were an evil presence and I had to pick one place in the room to go and animate myself and, and John wouldn't pull back the the branches and let me in and i would go to the most animate thing in the room i could find well there's an alarm clock that's plugged in there's a lamp that's turned off no i know where i'm gonna go i'm gonna go right into that heater where the electricity is spiritual and the heat is hot yeah Just and there's a glow and and it's essential and i, I i'm I, i'm the best chance in this room of convincing john of the things, the dark things I want to convince him of. If anybody, if he's going to listen to anything dark coming out of anything's mouth, it's not going to be his Mickey Mouse lamp. It's going to be this heater. 
Mickey Mouse is a continuum. I can't argue with that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't find it. Ah, I don't you know just where made, I wrote it's it. weirder. It's, it's even creepier now. But you don't have the uh, heater anymore, right? I have a little. Not that. Can heater, you no. can you get it? Did you get rid of it? Or? No, I. It's still at the house. I've seen it. I don't want it around. I want though. you to go to your house as <gasps> soon as you can and take it to your home. Okay. And spend a night with it. It's weird because I really don't want to. <laughs> I'm a grown adult man. Spend a night with what? We Sorry, should do a survey. Do. I'm not sure what this is about. I'm going to ask around uh, this this week for sure. Do you have any good memories with heaters? Were there any good heaters? Um, you know, okay, there was one up. There was one at my grandma's house too. That was different. It was very much like the one you you showed me. But weirdly, I got the same feelings from that heater as well. Hmm. I love like you the utility of the space heater. Like, uh, I'm sure yeah. I'd have one all the time. I mean, you, you you're both using one and. With good reason. I hope that those heaters. Don't I turn, turn mine on off. Oh, just now. <laughs> I turned it off with some. I just. I actually just yank. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's only in the. Uh, in in a in a in a cosmic sort of way that that it relies on the electricity. Man. Right. Right. Only in the most materialistic sense does it rely on the electricity because that's the thing. Of course, that's the first thing when when things are getting scary with the heater. I'm gonna unplug it, right? But it doesn't stop anything. Uh, these things grow bones. Heaters grow bones. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? They grow bones. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> look, this look you got in your eye. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> these things grow bones. I'll see you guys later. What? You can't leave now. Talk to right us now. about this heater some more. Oh no, God. wait. Do we finish the the chapter it's, anyway? Did I can? I'm I'm, I'm all, right. All, right, all right, all right, all right. I'm I'm very tired too. See you guys. Right, now I fine. now I feel all weird. About the heater or about going to bed? About everything. Well, it's just bad thing that might be. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> What a trip! This this thing that uh, that just wow. Leave. Well, that was interesting. I think that I think that was the chapter. We kind of ended on a weird note. Jason, that was I a was very really, weird note. I was really tracking with you with the whole dance, um, and the imagination. I'm going to keep that in mind as we go through. We'll have to meet sometime soon to talk about chapter seven. And I yeah, I hope I get some good sleep because I was planning on using this little heater. <laughs> So I have to, Audrey will protect you, I'm sure. I don't even know what the next chapter is. I've been trying to read through again, so I, I have to back over. So I'm good. I read through All chapter right. six. We'll talk about the next one. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, this was you fun. too. This was, fun. I, I really missed this. I, like, I think the heater part was my favorite My favorite part. I'm going <sighs> to know. I'm gonna think about that a lot more now. I don't know. I, I know Mitch is going to listen to this because he's going to have to see our reactions. I'm just going to throw it out there. I really wanted to know the things his year was telling him. I know. He's so mysterious all the time. He's mysterious about his life, too. It's it's freaking annoying. I, I understand. I need, yeah. I'm like, I'll be like, hey, so 
Tell me about your childhood. Ah, there's nothing to say. And then Please. now this comes out, and I'm like, you're talking to space eaters, and what's going on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get it it's... out of him eventually. So, Mitch, if you're listening, you know, I can't shake this. I'm not, I can't talk <laughs> yeah. about this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> space eater. Well, now I know what to get him for Christmas, so. Oh my gosh! We should we should go in on one of these old ones from you. Yeah, we should buy a massive one. Just have it shipped to the house. The biggest space here we can find. With an intentionally really creepy looking face on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. All right, man. That All was right, good well, talking good to you. It was good talking yeah, to you too. You too. See you. Bye.